0: Hello.
1: Welcome back to Wandering into Wellness. We have a treat for you today. Well done. I know it was very good. A that pun. One, that was rare really from me.
0: Can we nail some puns at this one? Possibly we can.
1: Who knows? So this mm. podcast is called "Treat Yourself Better." Mm, as if uh, you weren't sweet enough. I know. Oh, it's I time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> not stop um, Okay.
1: So we wanted to do a comparison podcast where we look at typical things that we might have in our households as treats so that we might see around as treats and do a kind of like for like swap healthy versus typical why did we want to do that why do we think that was useful
0: um because well the time of year a lot of you and us are coming back to routine and i think every time when we get to autumn september we tend to set in place or set in motion a pattern of eating a pattern of lifestyle and habit stuff that tends to persist at least until kind of next spring or summer doesn't it and then we kind of like break water patterns up do our crazy summer holidays you know dietary stuff goes out the window sometimes and then again back into into autumn and it's a time i think for us um particularly because a lot of kids are going back to school and there's a lot of restrictions in terms of what you can and can't bring to school but also those restrictions aren't based on health at all. Really, Those most of the restrictions are based on arbitrary, whether one kid in 400 has a peanut allergy or these sorts of things. And and for us, it's it's a really important thing to, to help you guys hone in on what are the valuable credentials to put against the types of snacks your kids are going to have, the sorts of things that you can call treats that they can actually eat and indulge in without you going, ah, I've given them one of those again. Yeah. yeah.
1: And yeah, treats, it's kind of an interesting thing, isn't it? Because I think like we often have this idea of like all treats are bad like Mm. don't have any treats treats are terrible and don't let your kids have any treats and and there's kind of an element of that because obviously there is like an obesity crisis that's going on and sugar is like a massive thing here but also you run a health food store and there's loads of treats in your store it's full of treats so does that mean they're all bad or why would you have treats in your health food store
0: well i think that's what we're here to kind of unpack right Mm -hmm. isn't it so as we go through hopefully our selection of like either this or that as you'll see there's a lot of like shades of gray between like what's good and what's bad and maybe that the value systems that we have around calorie counting around like pure sugar values these sorts of things actually rob us of the kind of like the ability to actually analyze and understand what's good to put in our bodies and i think I don't love the nature of the term cheat days. I don't think uh, it's good for us to think about guilty pleasures, but I do think it's important that we treat both ourselves and there's an expectation that our kids are going to get treats. There's no way you can live in the modern world. I think in the comparative sense that everyone has, he got that, where's mine sort of vibes. And particularly with kids, but even for adults uh, where you're not going to have to, at some stage, step into the fray and go, okay, like, well, you can have this, but you can have that. And so this is to help you to untangle that still give the treat, but have a, you know, no guilty conscience in there. And to know that you're actually doing something, maybe that's actually better than giving them nothing. And you know, that's that's, a, that's an important step. You know, if it's kind of like either nothing or treat, then at least if the treat could be something that's positive maybe, and maybe the sugar isn't all bad, then cool.
1: Yeah, I think it's a minefield. I think mm. like as a parent myself, even knowing stuff about this and obviously learning more and more the more time I spend with you. It's still, you kind of get like, it's like a minefield. You're like, I shouldn't give them too much sugar, but is it better to give them normal sugar? Or should Mm. I go to agave syrup or is dates better? Maybe I just stuff with dates, but then it's three dates more than just one teaspoon of sugar. Yeah, like You just get into this thing. And so I guess for me as a mom, especially going back to school, it was like, okay, it would be really useful to take the kind of top things. So we've chosen cereals, ice creams, crisps, chocolates, and like fizzy drinks and go, okay, well, if they're gonna have those, here's a typical one and here's the one that you recommend so Mm. that at least parents can go, Mm. okay, let's just make a choice, let's clear away all of the the dust.
0: And it's not me recommending something, it's just me hopefully helping you guys to understand when you're making choices, which won't be all the choices I've made here, but just to think about like, what what am I actually assessing this on what value system? Like, what am I looking for within any kind of ingredients or whatever, yeah, the criteria, exactly. Okay,
1: so let's start with cookies because we're having tea, tea and cookies, classic. Mm um and we have chosen the ultimate classic cookie the maryland chocolate chip Pretty everyone much. remembers of our generation mm. growing up as a teenager every household had these and it would be like tea time you're watching friends yeah <laughs> and having your Maryland cookies oh. it's such a an era isn't
0: it well i mean like i grew up with macrobiotic sweets oh. so i had friends with macrobiotic sweets you know but i still have friends on telly so that's great that's true um but yeah for sure it is it's still it was iconic every time i went to a friend's house maryland cookies and the thing was you didn't, and as, this is the critical part with this, you didn't tend to just have one cookie. Did no, you ever? No, you did not. To. They made them small enough that you never feel like you've had a massive amount in one cookie and probably your parents don't feel like you have had a massive amounts so if you're given them or whatever. Um, but the tr- And the trick is in that, that you end up having way more than you probably would otherwise. This is not about me calorie counting or being skimpy about, you know, Ooh, I only have one biscuit at a time. You know, what is it? Uh, a moment on the lips, a knife time on the hips. Ugh! It's not about that, it's about like looking at, so what these manufacturers are doing in order to essentially hoodwink you into thinking uh, that you're getting less sugar than you are. uh, Because they have assessed in here, you have a per hundred grams um, valuation for all of your macros, your energy, your fats, your carbohydrates, your sugars, fiber, protein and salt. And then you have a per serving. And this is what's happening. In the United States, it's way worse. In the United States, you don't have to give a per 100 grams value anymore. You only have to give a serving size value of nutritional information, which is so wrong because they can say the serving size is this or this. They can say, well, listen, the serving size is only five grams and there's nearly, and, and people just glance at it and go, yeah, there's nearly nothing in it, cool. So that's the problem here.
1: They that with
0: that voice. With that, na- with that nasal I'm twang. And I from this one specific place in
1: America. And hey, like yeah. I only talk through my nose. Hey,
0: yeah, let's get the Maryland cookies. From Maryland, possibly, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Sh- shoot me down if I'm wrong, I know I'm wrong. Um. So in this case, so yeah, so the Maryland cookies, interestingly, the sugar content percentage-wise 33 grams versus 27 grams in here. Um, this is a Rhythm 108, really, really nice, high quality uh, Swiss um, company actually who produce organic cookies. So again, this is you're getting something that's like not that's gluten free, that's like organic, that really, really high quality. But without getting into that too much, this one's about the portion size and what they've done on the Rhythm 108 ones. They've given you a realistic serving size. They said. You're going to eat four biscuits at a time. You just are. You, you just are. And we're going to do because it in a they're second. Delicious. They're actually delicious. And, and they're
1: very similar to a Maryland cookie. I'm yeah. just going to bring one out so you can see. Now, they are... No, they're actually not that much smaller. No. These are a chocolate chip no. one. Like, these are a double chocolate chip. So the biscuits, chocolate, and there's chocolate chips in it. But it's a, a crunchy cookie, just like a Maryland is. It's like so, actually, the no, it's literally the same size. Okay, size. but
0: Maryland are telling mm-hmm. you you'll eat two of these at a time. Bullshit. These guys, they're telling you you're you gonna eat. These four guys time. are like you're gonna Truth. eat four. Yeah. And
1: this is how much you'll get in four.
0: Exactly, exactly. And that's the realistic time. So when you're when you're looking at the portion sizes, be conscious of like actually what fits in a bowl, you know, when you go home. I'm not asking you to get out of weighing scales and start to weigh every food they eat, but just think realistically: is five grams of cereal as much as my child's going to eat? No, it's not. It's nearly always done as a, if they have a serving size. Uh, included particularly in advance of the uh the pure percentage per hundred grams you know that they're trying to hoodwink you you know they're trying to get you to to buy something you think is going to have less sugar than it ultimately does so cookies they all have sugar that's fine there's nothing wrong with that but it's just about knowing how much you're going to consume you know even on top of these guys we have another brand called nairns and what's great about nairns is they have portion packs inside the inside the box and you're like cool you're not going to open a second portion pack because there's only four inside each one Or not, there's enough rather in that four. You kind of get through the four and you're like, I'm kinda done. Uh, so anyway. So
1: so the lesson from this is when you're looking at the macros, if that's Mm. something you do, look at the hundred grams macros, not the portion size macros, Mm. so that you have like a consistent notion of yeah,
0: something you can relatively evaluate from one to the next.
1: Okay, exciting. Let's go for chocolate.
0: (laughs) Wow, interesting, that was swervy. Okay, so we've chosen your standard Calvary's dairy milk. If you haven't heard of Cabri's dairy milk, you obviously aren't alive anymore. You're not breathing. Um, what you definitely haven't heard of as an alternate is Vivani. Mm. Vivani, really good quality, uh, organic German chocolate tier. Um Cabri's dairy milk owned by Kraft. Kraft Foods, one of the, if I, I think that Kraft and Lay's, like two Nestle. of the- What? are
1: Nestlé.
0: Kraft, Nestlé, and what's the other one? Uh, Lay's or whatever they're called. Um, those are like the three biggest food companies in the whole world and it means that they're basically not involved in human nutrition whoops it means they don't care it means that they they're responsible to their shareholders not to what goes in your mouth they're not responsible for giving you diabetes not responsible for um you know making your kids go bonkers to want some more all that sort of crap so they
1: they are responsible for it but they don't feel responsibility well the problem
0: is they aren't they aren't held responsible there's no accountability whatsoever Uh, and in this case the the comparative is this guy is non-organic and this, and this guy is organic. So what does that mean? So organically produced cocoa, and non, let's say non-organically produced cocoa, um, you have pesticides that are used to control weed growth. The pesticides that are used uh, reduce the uh, amount of labour they have to uh, use on the farm. They increase usually the cropping amount as well. They'll use cheaper varieties of cocoa. that also crop really heavily. Forestero, these sorts of ones that are like just giant, basically tasteless cocoa pods. Um, that's not true, but like you know, less tasty cocoa pods, and um, and then the, the the pesticides will leave residues in the ground. that will poison the local groundwater. That will poison the children and the other people who are living there. Uh, they'll kill off local habitats. They'll kill off like natural uh, dynamics and and, and the, the the ecology of the of the area in which the cocoa's grown. So they create monocrop agriculture, which is really toxic for the world. Not good from a sustainability point of view whatsoever. Uh, and also then that uh, there is at least some truth to organic to non-organic foods having pesticide residues that are going into your body. Now, when you look at pesticide residue, uh, testing done by European Food Safety Authority, the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agencies in the States and in Europe, what they're gonna be telling you is that the level of pesticides left in this bar when they go in your body are too little, too low to even reach a threshold where they could cause you harm even if you ate them all day, every day. And that 's true, but the problem is or that might be true let's say, and they also so, so two problems they don't do long range analyses uh, they do short ter- short range analyses because it costs them too much to do long range analyses and because the companies that make these things also buy them off so that they pay for the studies or they uh, they lobby the, 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 the groups and the bodies that are responsible for controlling the pesticide residues and doing this testing like the EPA unfortunately, huge percentages of their income, the people who work on those boards are given from these sorts of companies yeah. so, so, yeah, so the, the, the pesticide residues, they'll tell you that it's, it's never going to be an issue in your body at the level of pesticides that's left there. But what they don't do, because, because unfortunately the world of science has not really a, a, a achieved a way of m- testing for multiple inputs in the same study and so they'll only test for one pesticide at a time what they won't do is say okay there's pesticides on your apple there's pesticides on your cocoa there's pesticides in your coffee there's pesticides in your wine there's pesticides in your sweet potato this like on all the things and those are all going into you not only is it increasing the amount of pesticide in your body but it's this crossover between one from one pesticide to another that causes effects that we don't really know but we understand that there are species of frogs that change sex there are like all sorts of weird stuff that happens when these pesticides end up in the groundwater over long periods of time the accumulative effect in your body which is the same as the accumulated effect in any environment is the damaging thing and it's this polychemistry polypharmacy of having like multiple multiple different types of pesticides insecticides all sorts of chemicals used that is the big problem so that is why we understand that particularly with cocoa, um, because you're dealing with uh, an area of the world that's particularly poor, that's really poorly regulated as well in terms of um, organic agriculture, these sorts of things, or regulatory controls over any standard of agriculture. So that's a big, big, big one to, to kind of consider. Definitely look at organic versus not organic Vivani, all organic standards, organic sugar, organic cocoa, you know, you just know what you're getting. And also necessarily when you pick an organic product, you will always have, with a tiny caveat, but you'll always have, nearly always, uh, a higher standard of agriculture in general so you'll generally have more intention going into the, the final product with an organic product
1: and you know and organic milk in this case because it's milk chocolate so mm. key to also out. organic dairy mm. cows are looked after better eating better you know the whole triple yeah. down effect but it's also a local business you mm. know in terms of they look after the people who they know the people who they're, they're choosing all of these yeah. things it's not just like a faceless nameless company mm. so it's kind of better on every single level it's better for the planet it's better for your body it's better for the people who are the workers um, mm. and it's such a simple switch really it's not saying like I think at the point that we were trying to make is you don't have to suddenly eat only dark chocolate and it has to be this way although that's delicious and um, you can go like okay I love milk chocolate that's totally fine just if you choose an organic milk chocolate you know that the ingredients that are going in there are simpler they're better and they're cleaner.
0: Mm, yes exactly one last point on this thing Cocoa solids. So this guy was the Calvary's dairy milk is one of the default bars of chocolate that people would have got like with along with fries, what was it called during the Second World War fries, peppermint something. And so this was part of your rations. And when they started rationing chocolate, they began to reduce the amount of cocoa in it and increase the amount of dairy and amount of sugar in it because they were easier to get hold of and cheaper to make. And what happened at the end of the war? They never reinstated the proper level of cocoa. So people's taste buds had changed. Everybody just got on the band and got, oh, this is delicious. And now identify with it as this is our dairy milk. And that's what we've all become accustomed to. Taste buds over generations are now accustomed to this idea. 20% cocoa solids in there. Proper milk chocolate should have about forty to forty-four percent cocoa solids. Let's see what this guy has. Oh, it's the moment. Okay, so that is thirty-three percent. So it's still not like as high as we'd like. But a really good milk chocolate, like the original beans, will have like around forty-four percent cocoa solids, which is when you're really tasting cocoa. Also, when you're getting the health benefits of cocoa, which is a whole other podcast. Mm-hmm. But that's uh, that's one of the reasons we eat chocolate because it actually is really healthy. Story,
1: I did not did not know that there you go okay so crisps yeah which are also delicious mm-hmm. we have a comparison here between trapo organic coconut oil fried potato chips and pringles which we happen to have a cheese in flavor Um. so in terms of crisps what we were talking about are why oils matter like what they're fried in why does that make a difference really because these ones coconut oil these ones will be something like a sunflower oil probably aren't they sunflower
0: know. palm and corn yeah the so
1: trifecta.
0: trifecta it is a bit of a trifecta it's not yeah. a good trifecta the trifecta of shit when some yes, people sometimes say it. Say. Um, vegetable oils it's a rant i haven't really done yet but there's a lot that's gone wrong with the world of health information and vegetable oils being slammed and slandered as being necessarily ill health causing diabetes causing cancer causing alzheimer's causing lots of things There is definitely the truth to when we use degraded oils or refined oils that we have more potential for oxidation uh, and oxidized fats are one of the most dangerous things to put in our body. Um, So when we have oils that have been stored in plastic drums in warm warehouses and then they're used to make big loads of crappy crisps, they will more than likely have lots of oxidized fats in there which go on to oxidize cholesterol inside our arteries and we all know what well maybe we don't but oxidized cholesterol is when cholesterol is really actually harmful it becomes a foam cell then it starts to cause blockage in the arterial wall that's when your body needs to suddenly donate lots of fat soluble antioxidants and it's not able to do anything else and we potentially have heart issues and other bits as a consequence Mm -hmm. um so vegetable in itself though really not a problem that's the thing so omega-3 omega-6 omega-9 fats they're there in vegetables in different ratios predominantly omega-6 monounsaturated fats without getting too particularly about this essentially when you're looking at, uh, at, at, a, at a fried product if you have something that's um, uh, mass produced that's fried it'll usually be fried in a bad quality vegetable oil if you pick organic again you're getting necessarily a better intention behind it so most likely they're going to pick a better quality oil to use uh they also won't be using like you know gm corn oil that's when we get into like really scary territory with potential health consequences if we're using lots of it unfortunately uh it has the ability to change our genetic expression and to alter our dna and to really uh play havoc in our in our our body in terms of long-term health consequences the con- the, the alternative to these guys and it's very simple to pick an alternative is coconut oil crisps or baked crisps mm-hmm. like that's the sort of thing where you stay away from the oil vegetables are not wrong right but you see like what's his name saladino the the mad kind of meat guy, the carnivore diet guy, all he does is go on about how we have to like drop these vegetable oil crisps or vegetable oil whatever. It's like yes, but it's not that the oils are wrong; it's how they're being treated, how they're being managed, how they're being grown, processed, etc. So in that case, it's just easier to drop the vegetable oil or the yeah those crappy non-organic vegetable crisps,
1: which also have MSG,
0: <laughs> which, <laughs> which important but yeah, also syrup. have MSG. Loads MSG of rubbish. Syrup. Actually, if you're going to go there, yeah, like Jesus Christ.
1: So a crisp. Delicious, mm. I'm into a crisp, we're yeah. from Ireland, we like to eat potatoes, it's good. Um, See, it and, is. you know, <laughs> organic potatoes grown locally, brilliant. Like it's like a natural mm. snack from our country, like it's local, it's produced in our land, it's of our land. Yeah. Um, and it should really just be potatoes, mm. oil, salt, you mm. know, or potatoes, oil, vinegar, salt, you know, something like yeah. that, it should be like a very clean set of ingredients where yeah. you know each ingredient, maybe five ingredients. When you look at the back of the and you've got disodium
0: the isosinate like, I- there's yeah. like
1: 35 different, ingredients literally 35 beers, and half if not of them more. You don't know what they are. Mm. As a general rule, when you're looking at treats, you just want to go like, what are the major ingredients? If it's a crisp, it should have potatoes, it should be fried in something, and it should have some kind of taste, yeah. <laughs> on it. And that's it. So, the, the simpler, the better. Mm. Generally organic, hopefully local, yeah. That's, that's kind it. of a good, exactly. a good rule there. Bang on.
0: Um, so MSG. Do we know about MSG in terms of what it does? Any ideas? In our
1: general bodies. In our general bodies. Well, I don't know like the sciencey part yeah. of it, and, but I know that MSG is a kind of a ten- has a tendency to make people go completely and utterly hyper.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, it's, so in terms of
1: kids, especially, mm-hmm. like it's a real like mental. Everything used to have MSG when we were growing up, loads and loads and loads of mm-hmm. things, and then we discovered how bad it was for us. And yeah. Sort of. We uh, well, there's I think there's assumption amongst most people that it's gone now. Like, yeah. Unless you're in a Chinese restaurant, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but actually, when you look around, it's in loads of things because also they change the name, right? They yeah. don't call it like it doesn't say in big letters MSG anymore.
0: Mm. Well, it actually does in this it one, actually, yeah. yeah. Usually they
1: call it some. There's some
0: other E321 or whatever yeah. it's called. Um, monosodium glutamate. So, without getting too pernickety, essentially, like Lid says, it drives kids. It's, it's like a, um, an excited toxic amino acid. So, it stimulates our brain cells, makes them want more. It's a really craving thing. Uh, and that's why it's used in snack foods, particularly to make us just reach for more, have bigger portions. I mean, who needs a big box of Pringles like that? It's a lot of Pringles, But right?
1: also, like, Pringles is the classic one, isn't it? When you're growing yeah. up, you'd have you could never Crunch, have you one. You couldn't stop. You'd have one, and it was yeah. just like, once then, you pop, you just can't stop, yeah, yeah, yeah. is in fact so their tagline. And they yeah. were right, because they mm. put loads of addictive substance in there that exactly. makes you just go like, blah, blah,
0: blah. Yeah, and amazingly, hasn't been regulated in any way, shape, or form. You can still use MSG in any foods. Like yes, it exists in Chinese and Asian cooking cultures in a lot of their sauces. They refined it out of like soy, making like tamari and soy sauce, which contains glutamate or glutamic acid, but non-monosodium glutamate, which is a a different version. Um, So something to be really aware of, I think particularly with the increase in uh, ADHD, autism, uh, lots of attention deficit style of disorders and kids who are having more difficulty concentrating and adults too. This is the stuff that's gonna drive you BAT Shit.
1: Also, just to note, I know that lots of people will be like, "I don't like coconut oil, tastes of coconut." Neither does she. Yeah, I genuinely don't (laughs) like things fried in coconut oil too. You can't taste it on the crisp; Mm. it just tastes like a crisp. It it isn't like coconutty
0: yeah notice how to stand that back up that was
1: impressive mm-hmm. oh look at that Impressive. Okay. so, so coca-cola iconic
0: it's really tough to have a pack of coke Coca- so i haven't eaten a mcdonald's in 23 years i sort of i get cold sweats when i'm touching some of this shit that's how odd i am about yeah. it because i like for me this brand is like it's a bit like our barbie rant i yeah. i have like real like, i get pretty ranty about it i feel i feel like this is Done so much harm to humans as a brand, and it's so insidious that people still carry it around and it's still on sale everywhere at the front counter of every supermarket and every convenience store. If they're still sponsoring lots of torn, lots of sports things. Like there's so much wrong with how this has become part of our culture. I I also love the bottle. I love I the know, old ads, like, and I like there's like so the much
1: Christmas
0: one with Santa oh, Man, song. I'm torn apart. But anyway, I'm not gonna be it's torn apart. Coming. Oh the are coming, <laughs> I know. it's always the season. Anyway, um Tis the season to reconsider Coca-Cola.
1: Coke is not necessarily bad, kids. yeah <laughs> um, so it's actually delicious. This is not delicious, actually. Have you like, tried it. Oh. Not Coke Zero, what? But um I used to be a big <laughs> used to be a big Coke fiend. Um I did used to drink Coca-Cola. Say lot. that again? <laughs> I know. I used to have Coke with ice and fresh lime in it, and it mm. was like it was delicious. In the summer, you'd be like, nice. And then I tried it again not that long ago on holiday, just to see, like, you know, well, maybe, maybe I'll try. Mm. It was disgusting. Like, so disgusting. Like, medicinally bad like, and right. sugary Great. and gross. Okay, like, so,
0: but a lot of people out there aren't thinking it's medicinally bad and sugary and gross. They mm, just think gosh, it's delicious. So we have to convince them further on other principles. Okay,
1: true. I'm just saying.
0: <laughs> so what's wrong with this is that they have included, and they consider it, like, it's just an example of how dangerous. So Coke originally had cocaine, right? Okay. And then, you know, people culture moved on we recognized cocaine wasn't the sort of drug that we wanted to have just hanging around in our bodies in our daily soda drinks and so they just put in like caffeine and caffeine flavoring like just rubbish but the problem with this one then people went like oh but actually isn't the sugar really bad because those the are like yeah no cool we'll get rid of that two sweet coke zero what they've put in is aspartame and asulfame potassium asulfame k aspartame for, I mean, like since my parents were in business, they have been shouting about the the health damages, the potential damaging effects of aspartame, the potential cancer causing effects. And only, I think three weeks ago, finally, the European Food Safety Authority said they've classed aspartame as a class two carcinogen, which means that it is not definitely gonna cause cancer, but may cause cancer. Not possibly, it's more than that, but may cause cancer. Mm. So it's a class two carcinogen. A class or two carcinogen that we all have at the front of our supermarkets. I just think we need to reassess our culture. Like, yeah. what the f is going on because, with that? Because
1: because it's also the thing is is that this scene, is, this is seen as the health version yeah. of Coke. So people who are into Coke are being oh, sold the idea the of like version. Coke Zero. Oh no, I don't drink Coke. I, I drink Coke Zero. Mm. Whether you're on a diet or whether you want to be more health conscious, everyone use Coke Zero yeah. because we've with this notion of like sugar free because sugar is the devil now. But mm. actually not true like if you if you wanted to give your kid then your imaginary kid like here's sugar or here's a sugar-free product you would always 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 take the one with sugar in yeah
0: the natural sugar and also i'll then go and get him to run around in the garden because yes. he has what's called leptin and leptin is our body's hormone that helps to trigger the the shedding of calories through vigorous physical activity that is why kids go crazy bonkers when they have sugary drinks or when they have a load of smarties or whatever it is because their body knows, whoa! I've just got this excess energy. I'm going to go use this. Over time, that leptin metabolism wears down, and actually, they've shown in the U.S. as a result of having like, uh, there's a really interesting thing on this called uh, what's it called? I'll get the name for you at the end. But the um, uh, essentially a study where they looked at, at kids having Coke and other sodas in their bodies for uh, over a period of like 10 or 12 years, at like a liter a day or whatever it is, or just under a liter a day and their lectin metabolism had eroded to the point it was something like the equivalent of a person who was 65 from 50 years ago because their body just had essentially had a lifetime's worth of erosion from the sugar from soda drinks the the worst part is within that the aspartame has actually also been shown to cause diabetes through another mechanism one which i can't remember can't explain to you now but there's a, uh, a an, an amazingly uh, insightful um study again we'll link to it in the show notes that that actually gives you a real understanding of like actually how spartan also causes diabetes. So we're not, like it's not just causing cancer, it's actually doing what what we used to do with the sugar and also causing cancer as well. I'm like, what? Okay, so time to drop Coke Zero full stop out of your
1: life. It's fascinating though, isn't it? Because what you hear as a parent is people go like, I might go, I just don't want to give sugar. Like Mm. I don't want to give my kid loads of these sugary stuff at a party or whatever, because he'll just go mental and he'll be a nightmare at the party. Mm. And then people go, yeah, my kid just doesn't... You know, I'm really lucky because my kid doesn't go hyper with sugar. Mm. We're so good. Oh, look at those kids. They just eat the sugar and in grand. As It's like a positive. Yeah, like we yeah, see yeah. the kids who aren't going mental from sugar and we go, he's such a good kid, isn't he? Mm. But actually, like what you explained to me, it was so interesting and it was so kind of gratifying as a parent to go like, oh, actually fact that he's going mental shows me that a his body isn't saturated with sugar and b that his body's having an appropriate response to that sugar yeah. mechanism as opposed to like he's said so much sugar that it's just like <laughs> okay not even reacting anymore that's so, it so coke
0: is-, is out and the whole earth cola is in it's got eight grams of sugar per 100 mils that's loads of sugar uh it's a proper this is a treat like this is not a daily drink for me at all and um, usually we'd share one of these and have it with loads of lime juice and maybe some soda water as well And um, but this is like a an organic whole food treat so that's that's the thing to rewire our brains onto so even this can is too large ideally it'd be cool if you had like a hundred mil can wouldn't it that'd be great then you could get it like three grams of sugar you'd still get all of the satisfaction of that thing but you're not gulping you know nearly half a liter of of sugary drinks yeah
1: organic the mm. um, let's go for cereals because cereals are something that most kids these days start their breakfasts with. And, um, start the breakfast with. Start the breakfast <laughs> the end with. The start <laughs> their breakfast with. Nobody knows. Even more Bad sugar. Toast.
0: <laughs> no, no,
1: no. Um, start their days with. Uh, yeah. And you know, we—I don't think we're—we're we're saying like it's great. <laughs> mm. Have cereals. Uh, certainly at home, my kid has cereals sometimes as a treat, but it wouldn't be like a daily breakfast thing. Um, and I don't send him off to school going yay he's had a super Mm. breakfast when he's had cereals but but I also don't vilify them and go you can't have any cereals ever um especially once there are really good healthy options out there um but but most kids that is their thing they start their breakfast with cereals
0: that is I I think that is kind of a standard it's very difficult to get kids away from the idea of sugary breakfast cereals and this is showing you a comparison of a whole food version of that and a non-whole food version So what has happened here with Kellogg's Cocoa Pops is that they've taken um, essentially uh, a really nutrient-poor grain, rice in this case, and they have built a cereal around it. And then because there's so little nutrients left in the base material, they then had to add back in synthetic nutrients just to make you think that your kids are getting some nutrition from the breakfast, which they're not because they're using synthetic nutrients at a very low level, the minimal level to prevent deficiency diseases. It's not gonna keep them healthy. It's not gonna make them healthy. It's not gonna do anything good for them. It is delicious. Also interesting when we bought this, so this 650 gram pack was on special offer in done stores for 2.97, that is not an ad. Uh, that's half price. The 450 gram pack on the shelf below was nearly double the price of this one at 50% off. So it shows you how little it costs for the companies to produce this. There's nearly no cost inside this box that isn't the packaging. Like the actual price for them to produce what's going on into your, in your cocoa. box, so you're nearly in your more than half a kilo of cookbook, so They're making a good margin on that 297. I promise you, they're not selling it at a loss. And that means that there's absolutely no money gone into the food that your kids are eating. The alternative to that And this is still sugary, right? So this is like 15% or 17% sugar, this is 15% sugar. It's not much less. If we get down in our breakfast to like uh, 10, 11% in granolas, we're doing really, really well. In this case, what they've taken though is they've taken a whole grain ground wheat, right? So that means that you've got like nutrient rich wheat that's organically grown, that has a, a much higher standard of nutrition, that's gonna give you B vitamins and fiber and protein, like. Folate, all the stuff that's been added back in here because there was nothing in it to begin with, and then they've got coconut blossom nectar as their as their sweetener, and so sugars, some sugars, right, are you know just sugar. So let's say you refine a sugar out from from cane juice. So they evaporate cane juice, it becomes this thing called rapadura, and then they refine it, refine it, refine it, refine, refine it until they get something that's very very high glucose that they add into this sort of stuff. In here though, what you have is coconut blossom syrup. So it's dehydrated nectar from a coconut blossom. You have potassium in there, you have loads of other nutrients. You actually have fiber inside your sugar, which nobody really thinks about, you don't expect to have from your sugar. So for us, it's like not necessarily the healthiest choice as a breakfast cereal, but if you have kids and you want to get them away from cocoa pops, I almost promise you that this will work. They will enjoy it. Like we have, we sell a lot of this because it's the next best thing. And it's a bit like you said, what like not everything in a health food store is healthy what's going on it's true but there are like steps towards this progression right there are kids you're bringing down from the ledge of like cocoa pops and going like okay well let's have some bare apple bites and then maybe add some goji berries into that let's maybe like think about maybe you can do an dose with this sprinkled on top you know there's loads of ways that you start to de-escalate that like high sweet uh, taste bud kind of orientation that your kids might have in the morning This is a really, really fantastic way to do it. They also have all the sort of fun of the fair stuff on the back, all the games. So they've really thought about it in terms of like, what are kids gonna go for? And in a non-pernicious, actually let's give them something wholesome that they can enjoy sort of way.
1: And also the other thing is, again, you look at the ingredients, there's only six ingredients Mm. this. There's like 2,500 ingredients in this. So again, it's coming back to simplicity. Like, is it organic? Maybe is it local? Mm. How simple are the ingredients? If you know what they are, it's like oats, corn, wheat, coconut blossom, nectar, rice. That's it. <laughs> They're all things we know they have nutrients in, they haven't got fake nutrients in. them. It's, it's just an obvious thing. It's got more nutrient density. That's it. And to talk about nutrient density, it, our last choice is ice cream, because ice cream's delicious and this is melting, so we're gonna need to make some <laughs> avocado or something <laughs> soon. <laughs> I'll do. Um So we actually yeah. have a three-point comparison here because we have classic kagen we've just gone for vanilla, the so. so there's a price point comparison, like vanilla ice cream, pretty mm-hmm. simple. You might think that Swedish glass, which is a dairy-free version, might yeah. be the option, or we've got uh, another dairy-free option, Buda Buda. So people often mm-hmm. now are going like, "Well, dairy's rubbish. you shouldn't have dairy." So yeah, we, want we should, be should, to be should, be should be vegan to be healthy. We should be vegan to be healthy. Which we don't believe is true.
0: No, it's just not true. Um, certainly not in this case, as you'll see.
1: Certainly not in this case. But you know, it's again, it's about like where are the products from are Mm. they produced really well are they whole products you know whole milk organically produced Mm. know the cows know the farmer just good for you yeah vast volumes of it maybe not Mm. if it's like mass produced non-organic definitely not (laughs) definitely not not. so what we want to think about i guess with ice cream is the nutrient density of what you're eating right Mm. so in a haggen tell us
0: some nutrient situations so our are um, what have we got we have vanilla dairy ice cream uh, that contains fresh cream 39% fresh cream that's a that's good, good sign that means you're gonna have lots of good fats yeah. lots of short chain fatty acids condensed skin milk not the best but again we can live with it sugar water egg yolk vanilla extract and that is it i'm not against what's going on there i think probably this company is a bit too big in order to be able to provide you with really really good quality dairy mm. um and not they're okay. not making any claims towards being healthy for you and that's cool that's fine it's hagen does it's real it's indulgent that's fine like fine i don't sell it in my shop and i won't and it does it doesn't have any standards towards trying to be a healthier alternative I'm not asking you to to try and eat it for breakfast it's just it is what it is
1: but if you're looking at healthier options yeah. often people switch and they go okay well a vegan option is going to be healthier um and swedish glass would be like a classic one that people would go to um However, the ingredients when you read them are water, sugar, glucose syrup, glucose fructose syrup, coconut fat, dextrose, soy powder, stabilizers, flavorings, emulsifiers, exhausted, <laughs> exhausted. You're exhausted, exhausted or it's bean exhausted? Pieces. Yeah. Colors, salts. Mm. Like there's nothing that's actual food in there. Yeah. It's and the sugar stuff. sugar sugar
0: level is higher than the haagen Yeah. There's nothing organic in it um a non-organic soy is something you want to be really careful of um and gmo fructose, soy is not great right. things
1: we don't want them yeah
0: so fructose particularly because fructose 95% has to be processed by your liver and particularly when our liver is already stressed let's say there are issues with heart health things metabolism fats maybe cholesterol oxidized, oxidized cholesterol is an issue um really what we don't is, don't want is a high fructose diet um so yeah so so really this is a bad choice you can like i sell it i'm talking honestly now i sell it i'm not going to stop selling it there are people who are committed to using swedish glass as part of the vegan diet and i provide options for them but i'm also going to look and show them this that's alongside so what's alongside it is Bujabuja, which we love because it's all organic and it's got four ingredients water cane sugar cashew nuts and vanilla extract you have loads of nutrients in those cashews you have, you know, yes, again, it's what is it uh, sugar wise, 17 grams of sugar. So it's still a treat, but what you're getting in there is like well produced, like careful, carefully produced, carefully um, uh, curated, careful, like careful agriculture essentially, which means that you're getting like better for the planet, better for your body, and something you can enjoy that's delicious it's not cheap either we shouldn't expect treats good treats to be cheap that's one of the things that we sort of got missold on like by getting our half price cocoa bugs you go cool that's cheap food that's nice and treaty that's fine and getting the best value is important but what's value for us like really what is value when you think about like our life lifelong value that we want to get from our body really we we need to consider what are we investing in when we buy a treat or buy our daily breakfast as we're thinking about as well with the Coca Pops and the Alphabites? Like you have you know, a, a, a diminishing window of days in your life. You only have a number of thousand days on, on the earth. And so if you think about it, if you start to accumulate those types of treats into your diet because you've got the best value or cheapest deal on the shelf, your body's gonna give you back less and less. You're gonna have less energy. You're gonna feel more grumpy. You're gonna have potentially more disease stuff as life goes on. All that sort of stuff starts to put pressure on our physiology and our biology. So making choices like this, it means maybe you're not having ice cream five nights a week, but when you're having it, you know it's good for you. And looking forward to treats is half of the fun, right? Sco- scoffing down treats is not actually where the fun is it's Kind of, Ooh, Friday night is treat night, whatever it is. I think that's a really nice uh, kind of reframing. It's what works for me anyway, personally, uh, in terms of how I deal with my own sweet tooth, and my own like want for for treats in all sorts of
1: ways so to recap we were looking at when you guys are choosing treats the things you want to think of are is it nutrient dense think about the serving size deception on the back always look at the 100 grams or look at if you are looking at the serving size think what that is is it two cookies are you actually going to eat four and then adjust that appropriately Mm. think about what oils it's cooked in if you're looking at like fried foods has it got msg in it that's a really important one to look out for choose organic wherever you possibly can and fake sugar versus real sugar always Mm. use the real sugar once you follow those basic principles it's quite easy to look at the shelves even if you're not choosing these products and kind of go okay is it organic what's the serving size what's it cooked in okay how many ingredients does it have in the back the less the better
0: yeah yeah exactly and don't just listen to us look online do your own research like Just because companies out there have scientists that are doing work to tell you that things are good or bad or indifferent, all of the science you're reading is going to be sponsored. Everybody, there's there's special interest in all these things. Actually, the guy I was uh, thinking about earlier on, Robert Lustig, he's one of the very rare exceptions to that, where all of the research that I've seen of his that he's published has been very much independent science, where he's willing to go up against the big boys like Coke, which is not popular. You won't find a lot of scientists speaking out against what they're doing and their, nu- their nutrition. And they have nutritionists, you know, like they'll, they'll, they employ teams of nutritionists to do what they do. So you have to look behind that a little bit. You have to like, get involved in understanding what's going on here in order to be able to look after yourself. You can't trust the companies who are selling you stuff, or even largely can't trust science in order to be able to, um, to make the best choices. Don't trust me either, but trust yourself. You've got a nose, you've got instincts, you've got eyes and a brain. Go and do your own research. Yeah.
1: Um, okay, so that's it. That's all round up um tell us what you would like us to talk about next are there some other swaps are there mm. some other like simple things mm. like i know our water one went down really well people understanding how much water should i actually drink what does caffeine do in terms of our water content yeah. what are the things the kind of health myths that you'd like us to bust or to talk into um and please like and subscribe mm. i know people always say it but it really does help more people to hear our content and it to get pushed higher up in the ratings. so we would be very thankful for
0: Absolutely. Last thing is just to say thank you very much to our sponsors, Clear Light Saunas. Um, My life radically improved about five years ago when I put a pile of savings into buying an infrared sauna and I've never looked back. It's really something that um, adds to my quality of life massively and it's my health insurance. It's my health insurance policy because I know when I go out to that sauna, I'm taking time to disconnect from the stress of my day i'm getting i'm bathing in infrared light which is helping to uh to, to 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 calm and soothe inflammatory processes that are going on in my body that are building up throughout our lives as a result of all the things we're eating and all the things we're doing um, i also know they're getting the benefits of heat and sweat and sweat is a powerful detoxifying agent a great thing to help to tone our cardiovascular system particularly if you are worried about heart health and the long-term cholesterol etc um, so Clear light, come along, talk to us. We'll give you discount codes and uh, we'll give you the education as well to know how to use yours, why I use mine, how I use it um, to get you giddy about red light. And also, thanks to ourselves for our fantastic clothing brand thewanderingintowellnessproject.com is where you can go and buy all your organic merch no pesticides nutrient rich merchandise that it is um and that's, locally so. yeah locally sourced nutrient rich merchandise um and so yeah so, so we, we partnered with a bulgarian artist uh irish printers um one of the top uh, textile manufacturers in the world to, to ensure health for the planet health for their workers and health for the bodies that they go on in the end um yeah they're really nice really unique tiny little run and there's only a few pieces left so come and find them on the wandering and that's about it yeah we'll see you again soon thanks so bye, much
1: for bye. listening bye